What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are. And it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day, and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The D.C. Uniparty War Machine wants to party like it's 2003, and I want to make sure that everybody does not fall for this. This is Can't Cancel Rob Smith. All right, problematics. So look, over the past week and a half, we all know what is going on with the Israel-Palestine situation. It's very, it's, it's horrific um, that the Hamas terrorists have decided to attack Israel. There's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of history um, going on there that I am not even going to pretend to know. I am not uh, an armchair expert. One of the weird things about social media and people that have online platforms nowadays is that everybody has to know everything about everything um, immediately as soon as it happens. And there are very few experts on this issue. So the intricacies, I'm going to leave to the experts, okay? But let's talk about one thing. And I want to talk about the fact that when emotions are high, when there's a lot of people that have a lot of emotion about things, and like I said, what is happening or, or what has happened? The terrorist attack was fundamentally horrific, abhorrent, repugnant, all of that stuff. Like, I think that goes without saying. But I think that at the same time, being on social media for the past couple of weeks has revealed a lot of people to be very bloodthirsty, to be very much into getting America involved in yet another war, okay? And so I hesitated in, in really even wading into this because it seems to me that if you are somebody that is against war, particularly if you're somebody that is against America's involvement 
and and what's going on here, then I've seen a lot of people smeared as anti-Semitic who did not deserve this, by the way. Um, and people who who question a lot of things that are going on or whatever have been smeared as anti-Semitic. And I don't think that that is fair. And one of the reasons that I am loath to get involved in these things that I don't know um, that I'm not an expert on in this way is that I don't want to get the anti-Semitic smear either. But at, at this point, um, if you have, you know, Charlie Kirk, who's the the head of Turning Point USA, which is a very pro-Israel organization, they have they sponsor trips to Israel um, for a lot of the Turning Point kids. Like literally, I think they do two or three trips a year. I know for a fact that they sent their contributors there last year. So if he's getting smeared as an anti-Semite, um, for being, you know, America first or against war, or whatever. Well, then, I mean, I, I mean, I guess I'd be in good company. I don't know any other way to say this, but I think moments like this expose a lot of different things. And the title of this podcast is "The DC War Machine Wants to Party Like It's 2003," because what I'm seeing right now is a lot of parallels to what happened 20 years ago with the invasion of Iraq. And this isn't specifically um, about the Israel-Palestine situation. We saw this a lot with Ukraine um, when that was all everybody was talking about about a year and a half ago. Now that war is still going on. Billions of taxpayer dollars have been sent over there to do whatever with. And, and I am very much on record um, as thinking that that is just money that's being laundered by the swamp. To, to do God knows what with, okay? I've been very much on record about how I feel about that. But what we're seeing right now is we're seeing a lot of these sort of bloodthirsty warmongers come to the forefront when you see a situation like the Israel-Palestine situation happen and you have a lot of emotions on both sides of the equation. So on one hand, we have um, people that are that are very much pro-Israel that have you know very powerful positions in whether they're political commentators, whether they are running for office, etc. Where you have somebody like Nikki Haley that's talking about flattening it. Um, you, you know, you got Jordan Peterson talking about just send them in and and do all of this other stuff. Okay, so this is sort of like this bloodthirsty talk. And then on the other side of the aisle, you have. Um, the brain dead, you know, leftist college kids that are supporting, that are marching, quote unquote, in support of Palestine, uh, marching in support of terrorism, marching in support of Hamas. And these people have no idea what it really is that they are advocating for. The only thing that they know, and this is what they see, and I got into this a little bit in the BLM episode from last week, where I explained that a lot of the anti Semitism that comes from blacks on the far left comes to it has to do a lot with the idea that they see jewish people as white and in their tiny 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 little brains um white equals bad and whatever you know people of color equals good right so white always equals oppressor and and somebody that's non-white always equals oppressed okay this is what the pea brains think and so we've had this stuff on both sides of the aisle but here's the thing. There is a war machine that benefits from war. Um, and you want to talk about cable news commentators that are doing the bidding of the people you know that run cable news. Because we all know that cable news in the media industry tends to do very well in times of war. So there's a lot of that going on. You have people that are running for president like Nikki Haley 
who have documented financial ties to defense tractor contractors, um, sits on the board of Boeing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And Nikki Haley has always been a war hawk. She has always had the reputation of being a neocon warmonger war hawk. And she has not proven herself to be any different. And I think that with Nikki Haley, um, and, and with Hillary Clinton as well, it's the chip on their shoulder with, okay, so I'm a woman that's running for president, so I have to be super, super tough, and I have to talk very tough when it comes to war. Like, I can't be a woman pacifist. That wouldn't make any sense, right? And so I do believe that their gender is in play when it comes to this. I, I feel like they have a chip on their shoulder um, uh, uh, about running as women, right? I think Nikki Haley does in particular. But I wanted to highlight... Um, this clip, this is Sean Hannity and Vivek pretty much going at it because, you know, Vivek came on a Sean Hannity show and Vivek had criticized Nikki Haley for wanting to get involved in conflict. And, and now when you listen to this clip, it's almost as if Sean Hannity's trying to mislead his audience and, and pretend as if Vivek was criticizing um, Nikki Haley for her stance on Israel, when in fact he was criticizing Nikki Haley about another conflict that she could not wait to rush into. If you want war, let me tell you something. If you want war, elect Nikki Haley as president. If you if you want a warmonger that is going to get America involved in every little conflict across the, the, the globe so that she can financially benefit from this, you elect Nikki Haley president because that is exactly what you are going to get now. I want to play this clip for you. It's, it's it's a little long, but I want you to listen to this entire exchange between Vivek and Sean Hannity. This went viral. Now, why why would well, you I'm say gonna, what are the financial corrupting influences that Nikki Haley is taking a position on? We've got pictures of dead babies decapitated, burned babies' bodies. Sean, we've got the equivalent of what would be population-wise in the U.S. over 37,000 dead Americans. So how much more evidence do you, what are you talking about? Sean, what I'm talking about is what's happening in Israel is an atrocity, and the U.S. absolutely, you're not answering my question, should stand with Israel. Answer the question. question, which is the corrupting influence on our politicians. Well, the fact of the matter is, I think anybody who has been a military contractor, anybody who has made eight million dollars, including on serving on the board of Boeing, collecting stock options while running for U.S. president on corporate boards, has money made money from military contracting through a family business, is disqualified from being the U.S. president in a time of war. I think we cannot see our march to World War Three in this country. My top priority from a foreign policy perspective is avoid so World let me, War III, let me be straight. secure let me, this let me, homeland, because what you accused sure her of, secure the U.S. homeland. What you, your words, Sean, if you want me to answer the question. No, I've given you plenty of time to answer the question. I'm going to now restate your words. Hmm. Frankly, financial corrupting influences that lead them exactly to to speak the way that they do when they talk about atrocities with Israel. That, you know, now you're telling me that if somebody in some capacity, Whoa, when they talk about atrocities from Israel, Sean, don't mislead your audience. That was not for, when when okay, we're talking about you, so what you are audience, saying, okay? you are saying that there are, frankly, Do financial and corrupting influences that lead them exactly to speak the way that they do. Now, if you're saying in, yes. with those exact words of yours, you're not denying them again, are you? Those are your exact words. If that's what you're saying, my question is simple to you. 
You're saying that if somebody works for a yes. defense contractor, that that is a financial corrupting position when when national security and defense I, is critical to the cause of freedom and has been throughout human history. So I want you to, you know, just take a couple seconds. Think about that exchange. And I'm going to get back to this right after the break. OK, so there is so much going on in this exchange between Hannity and Vivek. So first of all, um, let me say that I absolutely 110 percent agree with Vivek. Why is it? And, and it's very interesting right now because there is this this sort of battle right now. And I don't even think this is just a Republican Party thing. OK, but there is this battle between the people that want forever war, the D.C. sort of like neocon forever war swamp machine there is the battle between these people and the battle between people that want to have pro-america first agendas okay and so when vivek is saying and it's like hannity is incredulous by the way when at, at vivek saying the fact that there's nobody that financially benefits from war that should be running for president to me that seems like the most obvious thing in the world but when you you know, are talking to somebody like Sean Hannity, okay, who has, you know, sat in a cable news studio for the better part of 20 years. These people are very, very, very disconnected from what the grassroots want. There's also a generational gap as well to somebody like Sean Hannity. He doesn't understand the problem with business as usual. Business as usual being, yeah, we get a president that has, you know, we, we get people in D.C. that have financial interests in war. They make money. Everybody makes money. The swamp keeps swamping. I'm going to, you know, say my piece on cable news. You know, my, my bosses are going to be happy because there's more eyeballs during times of war, et cetera, et cetera. That's the old guard. And the reason that I bring up 2003 is because this is how we got into Iraq in 2003. But there were no checks and balances of social media at the time in 2003. This is what happened in 2003. I know because I was there. You know, I deployed to Iraq, but I was also a part of all of this conversation. Um, I was listening because I was I was serving. I was in the military in 2003, and I was listening to all of this conversation that was being happened. And it just seemed like everybody wanted war. It seemed like Bush wanted war, the media wanted war, every commentator from the left and the right that had any kind of prominent position in media wanted war. So war is what we got. You look at the documented ties between Dick Cheney and Halliburton, that war enriched his family's wealth greatly. And so that's why I say, excuse me, Liz Cheney, you're not going to um, lecture anybody else about democracy or anything like that. And it's very interesting. And speaking of Dick Cheney, the money that he made from his financial interests in Halliburton when this country went to war, um, the fact that Liz Cheney still benefits from that. Is it, does it make any sense to anybody else? Does anybody else notice that all of the people that were pushing for war during the Bush era that were on the right are now somehow the champions of the left? From Liz Cheney to Nicole Wallace on MSNBC, um, to all of these Lincoln Project people who are now doing the bidding of the left, okay? See, these forever war people, the swampy people in D.C. who have vested financial interest in war, the only thing that they discovered is that 
the left became a more effective platform for the stuff that they were pushing. But like I said, this is a uniparty thing. This is not a right or left thing. This is a Washington, D.C. thing where all of these people slap each other on the back. You know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours, and everybody pushes America and, and Americans into yet another endless war. Whether it's the the Ukraine-Russia thing, because I don't know if you guys remember, but there were times where there was a lot of faulty intelligence that were coming out of the whole Ukraine-Russia thing, um, and some people were trying to goad um, America into, you know, putting putting boots on the ground in Russia to help them fight that that forever war. Uh, when's the last time you, you heard about Ukraine? Does anybody have any idea what's going on in Ukraine now? No. People stopped paying attention to it. So now there's this other thing that we're all paying attention to. Yes, it's horrific, but you have to look at the patterns here. We spoke of nothing but Ukraine for months. Four, five, six months at a time, we spoke about nothing but Ukraine. Nothing was solved. It, depending on what news sources, or if you're looking on Twitter, there's a lot of people that are saying that Ukraine is basically getting their butts kicked right now, you know, by Russia. All this propaganda, Zelensky's running to the Oscars and all of this Hollywood propaganda, all of this other stuff to get more and more and more and more and more money to Ukraine. And we've sent hundreds of billions that nobody knows where it's at. Nobody knows what's going on in Ukraine anymore. So now this horrific terrorist attack happens against Israel. And so now this is the thing that everybody's talking about. And so now we have people that are highly emotional about that. And it's a very emotional thing, by the way, that the, the carnage that has happened is very emotional. And I'm not criticizing that at all. But what I'm saying is that Americans' appetite for forever war is waning. And I hesitated to wade into this because it's like I never want to say the wrong thing or, or be accused of being anti-Semitic or, or not sensitive enough or whatever. But the hill that I will die on is that Americans are sick of forever war all the time. And there's a battle that is going on in this country. And like I said, this is not between right and left. There's a battle going on in this country between people who want to put American interests before everything else. And people who want for this country to continue to be involved in every conflict that happens all over the world because a lot of these people have vested personal financial interests in these things. And I get militarily, I, I understand everything about Israel being America's only ally in the Middle East. Israel's the only place in the Middle East that shares Western values when it comes to women, when it comes to gays. It is very, very, very important. Absolutely. Absolutely it is. But it seems like the cable news commentators and the political commentators and all of these people who are trying to smear any sort of aversion to getting America more heavily involved in yet another foreign war as anti-Semitic, is, that is not fair. I do not believe that is fair. And maybe I was too afraid to speak up about this before, but then when I but then when I started seeing people that I know are not anti-Semitic get smeared, I have a friend, uh, a girlfriend who's a, a political influencer, and she is Jewish, 
and she's getting smeared um, for being anti-Semitic because she wants to limit America's involvement there and wants to limit the bloodshed and wants to limit the carnage and is not like marching the drumbeat towards more war, more war, more war. All right? And so there's a battle going on here. And I think that with the advent of social media, with everybody getting a voice, I think that this is what stops the Uniparty DC warmongers. That is what I honestly really, really do think. Because if it was up to these people, I got to tell you, if they controlled the conversation in the way that they controlled the conversation in 2003, it would be nothing but war all the time. These people would continue to, to get wealthy. And this, by the way, I'm not specifically talking about Israel-Palestine here. I'm talking about in general. I'm talking about Ukraine-Russia. I'm talking about all these other little conflicts that people like Nikki Haley cannot wait to get into. If it was up to these people, America would constantly be in war with other places or would be involved in these wars all across the globe. And people are tired of it. You're somebody like me who has seen this stuff my entire life, okay? And a lot of these younger people, they're seeing this stuff for the first time. And that's why I'm glad that the Sean Hannity's and the Nikki Haley's of the world aren't able to control the conversation in the way that maybe they would have been, uh, you know, even 15 years ago. Because now it's very clear that people do not want this and we are not going to be led into this stuff again. So the DC Uniparty warmonger machine, they want to pretend, they want to party like it's 2003. They want to force Americans to get involved in these conflicts all across the globe, whether it's via troops on the ground or whether it's via more and more and more and more and more money as our national debt is the highest it's ever been in history. I think the last number that I looked at was $33 trillion. Oh, but let's spend some more. You got Janet Yellen saying, oh, we can afford to fund two more wars. This is lunacy. This is how superpowers fall. This is how America fails. It is absolute lunacy that these people are advocating for here. And then another question, you know, when it comes to these people who just want war, 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 and, and if you want to talk about boots on the ground, which, by the way, that nobody's talked about that. Um, nobody's talked about that with Ukraine and Russia. There was a little chatter about the Russia thing, but, you know, the powers that be couldn't sell that, you know, so they just moved on and, and they, they went somewhere else. Okay. Who exactly is going to fight these wars that you've eliminated? our strongest soldiers in the army by the vax. You've eliminated them. So a lot of those people got out. You have weakened standards and weakened the United States military over the past decade. And by the way, there's a whole bunch of leftists that, is, that have infiltrated the military as well. And you see them all over TikTok and you see all of their little viral social media videos. So, so who exactly is going to fight these wars? That's the question. These wars that nobody wants, but the people that are 
ensconced in the DC Uniparty swamp. Americans do not want this. Americans should not feel pressured to choose this. And they certainly should not be smeared for being against war. All right, as always, thank you, Problematic, so much for joining me. You can download Can't Cancel Rob Smith on Apple Podcasts, iHeart Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, you can always follow me on social media on Twitter, uh, now X, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Rob Smith Online.